Hi, you're listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist Church. These resources are not designed to take the place of a local church, but we hope they will encourage you on your journey with Christ. For more information about how you can connect with the Second Family, visit mysecond.family. This sermon was delivered live at our Greenbrier campus. Thanks for listening. I want to start with uh, just bragging on Arkansas. You know, I've been here for about a year now, and one of the things that I love so far about Arkansas is I love to kayak fish. And one of the things is the the rivers and the lakes here are just absolutely amazing. And uh, one of my favorite rivers to go down uh, is is the National uh, Buffalo National River. Come on, how many of you have ever been on the Buffalo National River? It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. And then uh, my favorite river to to fish here in Arkansas, and and maybe you have one, and listen, I've only been here a year, so I'm still trying to figure out different rivers, and if you know where a place where you can catch fish, please let me know. I want to go catch fish. But the Crooked Creek, uh, we went down a couple weeks ago, and it was just amazing, a lot of smallmouth there and stuff, and so uh, I love uh, the Crooked Creek. By far, it's probably the best fishing river that I have found so far in Arkansas. But again, if you uh, know of any other rivers or any other places to catch fish, I would love to know. Maybe even have a pond. I don't care. I just want to catch fish. And so, um, but I love to kayak fish. Now, when I was learning to kayak back in Tennessee, I, uh, one of the things that you go, that you need to know when you kayak, actually there's two things you need to know. But I'll tell you in a minute. I had this opportunity to go down this river and I had about an hour to go and, and to kayak with my buddy named Tyler. And uh, we decided to um, put in and take out at the same location. And we decided to paddle upstream and then kind of work our way down. Now, the two things that you need to know when you're kayaking is where you're going to put in and where you're going to take out. And it helps for it to be different places. Here's why. Because we went upstream and uh, we're starting to fish and I ended up catching a couple of fish, but then it got to the point where I was changing my lure. And as I'm changing my lure, it takes a little bit longer than normal because I have to uh, try to get the the line straight and and all that. It's just a whole big ordeal. It's one of those frustrating moments, you know. And as I'm trying to change my lure, I lose track on where I am. And then I look up. Oh, there goes our loading area. And here I am going downstream. And then the next thing I know, I'm going through a little bitty rapid. And I have to, in order to get back to my place, I have to paddle back. But what I figured out at that moment is I'm just drifting away. I'm just completely drifting. And as we go into uh, Jeremiah chapter 2, we're going to see the people of Judah 
And ultimately, the nation of Israel, these individuals, they were drifting, and God wanted Jeremiah to go and to tell them exactly what God wanted them to hear. And so if you have your Bibles, Jeremiah chapter 2 is where we're going to be. But before we get into the text, I want to ask this question. Has there ever been a time in your life that you've ever drifted from God? Has there ever been a time in your life where you've ever drifted from God? Maybe you feel like you've drifted from God, and the goal today is to be close and obey the Lord. And so, Jeremiah chapter 2, starting in verse 1, we're going to read through 13. It says this, The word of the Lord came to me. Go and announce directly to Jerusalem that this is what the Lord says. I remember the loyalty of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me into the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of the harvest. All who ate of it found themselves guilty. Disasters came on them. This is the Lord's declaration. Hear the word of the Lord, house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your fathers find in me? That they went so far from me, followed worthless idols, and became worthless themselves. They stopped asking, where is the Lord who brought us from the land of Egypt, who led us from the wilderness through a land of deserts and ravines, through a land of drought and darkness, and a land no one traveled through and where no one lived. I brought you to a fertile land to eat its fruit and bounty. But after you entered, you defiled my land. You made my inheritance detestable. The priests quit asking, where is the Lord? The experts in the law no longer knew me. The rulers rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and followed useless idols. Therefore, I will bring a case against you again. This is the Lord's declaration. I will bring a case against my children's children. To you. I will bring a case against your children's children. Cross over the coast of Cyprus and take a look. Send someone to Keter and consider carefully. See if there has ever been anything like this. Has a nation ever exchanged its gods? But they were not gods. Yet my people have exchanged their glory for useless idols. Be appalled at this, heavens. Be shocked and utterly, utterly desolated. This is the Lord's declaration. Verse 13. For my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, thank you so much for your love and your grace. And I pray in the next few moments that we would Open up our hearts and be able to understand exactly what you want us to hear this morning. God, I pray that you'll challenge us, convict us. And maybe just maybe for some of us in this room that maybe we're drifting from you, God, I pray that we would understand that you love us, that you care for us, that you have a plan for us, and that we would be in step with what you want us to do, not us. So we love you, and we thank you, and we pray all of this in your precious and holy name. 
Amen. So basically, in verses or chapters two and chapter six, all the way from two to six, we see basically the relationship, the conflict, and the deterioration from the relationship between God and Israel. And so we see in verse two. There we go. God has specifically uh, Jeremiah to go directly to Jerusalem and tell them these. Words and so basically we see that the relationship is deteriorating and is is being uh, conflicted and at the end of the day we see that Jeremiah has been given this task he's been given this task to go tell the nation of Israel hey God is not pleased of what's going on and so we see exactly what. God wants Jeremiah to say, and so we see it really in three times in the first couple, couple uh, the first couple of verses. And it's this: number one, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Go and announce directly to Jerusalem that this is here. It is what the Lord says. And here we go. Here's what God wants them to hear. I remember the loyalty of your youth. Your love as a bride, how you followed me into the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of the harvest. All who ate of it found themselves guilty. Disaster came on them. This is the Lord's declaration. Isn't it fascinating? The first two words that the Lord wants them to hear is, I remember. What does the Lord remember? Well, we see that at the end of the day, he remembers their loyalty in their youth, the love, and the willingness to follow him. God recalls and remembers the days when his people were faithful. He goes much into detail on how they, how he followed. Uh, he allowed them to follow him through the wilderness, through the ravines, through the desert, and ultimately gets to a place of fertile land. And at the end of the day, we see that there's no other nation, there's no other nation that God has chosen than these people. And the people of Israel. God has chosen them. God loves them. God has picked them. Again, their love and their obedience and their loyalty, devotion was just an amazing picture. And we see that there was first fruit of the harvest, but... It goes on. God says this in verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord. Again, it's very clear that God wants them to hear. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. Hear the word of the Lord, house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. In other words, every single individual of Israel, everyone needs to pay attention to what God is about to say. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they went so far from me, followed worthless idols, and became worthless themselves? They stopped asking, where is the Lord who brought us from the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through the land of deserts and ravines, through a land of drought and darkness, a land no one traveled through and where no one lived? I brought you to a fertile land to eat its fruit and bounty. But you, after you entered, you defiled my land. 
The priests quit asking, where is the Lord? The experts in the law no longer knew me. The rulers rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and followed useless idols. Clearly, God is upset and apparent that he wants his people to obey. But he's making it very, very clear that they're following worthless idols. And they're making extremely poor decisions. God's making it apparent to them. And look at verse 5. What exactly happens? They were far from God. In other words, they drifted. We also see that they followed worthless idols. The things of the world that will fade away. Their attention was more on the things of this world than of God, and eventually they became worthless themselves. Well, why, why did they do that? I think one of the big answers why is uh, found in verse 6. They stopped asking, where is the Lord? They began to drift on their own decisions, their way, and their own path. They forgot to remember and to reflect on what God has done for them. Again, God has allowed them to go through the desert and the wilderness, the ravines, to ultimately get to a place of fertile land. They forgot all that the Lord has done for them. Yet, they chose to do things their own way. They made their own decisions. They decided to do what they want. And yet, it ultimately leads them to defiling the land, to destruction. As I was studying this week, I noticed in verse 8, the priests quit asking, where is the Lord? The experts in the law no longer knew me, and the rulers rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and followed useless idols. Four leaders, four individuals that was in leadership positions, the priests, the experts, the rulers, and the prophets, all of these individuals should have known better. They should have known better. At the end of the day, we see that they decided to make their own decisions, go their own way, and ultimately we see a drifting from the living God. They ended up following Baal. They ended up making their own decisions. And ultimately we see in verses 9 through 12, that God takes it seriously. The disobedience, we see that the people that God loves so dearly, that He has chosen, that He loves, it's going to have an impact not only on them, but we see their children's children. You see, the decisions that we make not only has an effect on us, but it has on an effect on people that we love so closely that we love so dearly. 
And God makes it clear that there's going to be an impact not only on you, but your children and your children's children. There's huge ramifications. So as we get into verse 13, basically everything that we've talked about, we can see it pretty much summarized into verse 13. And so here's what verse 13 says. It says this. It says, For my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, crack cisterns that cannot hold water. The people of God who love so dearly, the people that God loves so dearly, has done two things wrong. Number one, they have abandoned him. They've abandoned him. And at the end of the day, when you think about it and you keep on reading, they've abandoned me in the fountain of living water. God is the living water. We see uh, in John 4 with the Samaritan woman. That at the uh, uh, when you think about how God is, is loving and caring and He provides and He gives us more than we need. And His love will overflow in our lives. And they get to be able to experience the living water, but yet they abandon Him. And then we see evil number two is that they dug their own cistern. They tried to do it their own way. They tried to do their own plan. And at the end of the day, you look and you see that they dug cisterns for themselves. And, and what? They, it was cracked cisterns that, what? Could not even hold water. Could not hold water. And you think about thirsty people people that's looking for true refreshment was trying to do it on themselves and ultimately they ended up leaving still empty because the cisterns couldn't hold water. And I was sitting there reflecting on my life in this week and how many times I'm guilty of trying to do it my own way I have idols in my life things that I put in front of God and at the end of the day those things when I put things in front of God when I think put things more important than God I see myself drifting just like the people of Judah And the question for all of us today is, are you drifting from God? And the two evils, the two things that God despises was they abandoned him and they dug their own cisterns. There's a couple of takeaways that I want to leave us with today for us not drifting. The first one is this, is that we 
need to remember who God the first two words in this whole entire message to the people of Israel that God wanted them to say the first two words is I remember we have to remember who God is he is the living water he is the provider he will overflow in your life he loves you he cares for you he died for you at the end of the day he is more than enough for each of us but secondly we do we need to remember who God is by him leading us and he provides for us we do not need to get in a position where we're asking where is the Lord again we see that question two times in this passage we need to understand that God is at work and God is with us and God will never leave us or forsake us. And the second takeaway that I want us to know is that we have to stick to God's plan, not ours. We have to stick to God's plan and not ours. When we try to dig our own cisterns, it will be an emptying feeling. When we try to do it our own way, it leads us to Destruction. God is the living water. People need to see us encounter Jesus and living out what He is teaching us and showing us in our personal time with the Lord. Because He is the living water, there is plenty of room for others to join and experience God. God is more than enough. Pastor David was sharing me this. Uh, this illustration this week and he said kind of picture two different bodies of water and you think about two different bodies of water you have one that is just basically stagnant so kind of in your mind think like like a pond and the water is just stagnant and it's not moving and typically what happens with stagnant water it's like that there's fungus that that comes up bacteria that gets in like it just completely gets disgusting and then you have uh, another side of it you have uh, uh, like a stream like a flow picture like in your mind like the buffalo national river and how like beautiful and clear the water is and how fulfilling and like at the end of the day you think about those two things it's two completely different things which one's going to be more enjoyable to like swim in? Which one's more going to be enjoyable to experience? The stream. And when we try to do it on our own, when we try to do things on our own way, at the end of the day, it looks and it feels and it's like we're just in stagnant water because it is. Builds up bacteria, becomes super disgusting looking, and frankly, you don't want to be in it. But God is a living water, and He will provide and truly wants to overflow in your life and in my life. So the question that I started with and I want to ask us again is, are you far from God? Are you drifting or... Are you close to Him? 
Who's making the decisions in your life? Who's calling the shots? Are you being obedient and hearing from the Lord, or are you trying to do it all on yourself? And I'll just be honest, like there's been several times where I've tried to do it on my own, and every single time that I try to do it on my own, I just fall flat on my face. But imagine our city. Imagine our state. Imagine our nation. If we all were experiencing the living water, if we all were experiencing what God has for us, how He's supplying all of our needs and He's caring for us, imagine what our community would look like. It'd be completely different. But I want you to see something real quick. You know, God wants us to remember. That was the first two words that He said and that we have to remember that He's always with us. That He's present. That He cares for us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. But then also, we have to remember that God has given us His promise. That there are so many promises in His Word that He loves you. That He has a plan for you. That he, he will provide for you. Like There's so many different promises that we find in, in God's Word in the Bible. And when we understand and we remember of His presence and we understand and remember His promises, at the end of the day, we can get back. We won't drift. We won't drift. Because God loves us, God cares for us, and we remember who He is, and He has a plan and a purpose. And so let's remember God and not abandon Him. Let's not dig our own cisterns, and, and let's truly experience what God has for us. When we remember His presence, when we remember His promises... We won't drift. Thank you for listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist. We hope that we will see you in person this next Sunday. To find more information about service times, location, and ministry offerings, visit mysecond.family. Thank you for listening.